This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Walker, and I'm back in the studio with Kim after a very long time You're so lucky. of not being here. I am. So lucky. I am. I am very lucky. Uh, I bet people have thought, are they still together? Like, why are all these podcasts individual? Because we've been busy, y'all. Like, it's been crazy. We just got off this crazy conference season. Then I had shoulder surgery. If you're watching on YouTube, no, I'm not wearing my sling right now. I've been better at it, Kim. I have been better at it since my doctor. Assaulted you with verbal. Yeah, something like that. But anyway, we're going to be talking about an interesting topic today because we're going to try to talk you out of marketing. I was wondering how you were going to tie that in. You didn't. You just went straight for it. Yeah, why not? But you're not ready for marketing. First, I do want to thank our sponsors, RepairPal, for providing this episode. As shop owners, we were part of RepairPal Certified Network. You can learn more at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. All right. So I wrote this blog. It's been a couple of months ago. I wrote this blog about how to know when you're not ready for marketing. And it's weird because if you read the blog, it's like I'm trying to talk you out of marketing, but I'm but I'm not. What brought that up? Usually there's something that prompts a blog. Someone asked about it. You had a conversation. What brought this up? Yeah, I touched on this in another one of our episodes. I don't remember which one it was, but I was sitting in doing sales for JR while he was in Germany with his family. And it was the summer. So I was on a sales call with a guy and really nice guy. Sounds like he has a great shop, but he, he don't wants, tell too much he, off the top. He wants more marketing because he just needs more cars. But as since everyone you're, does. since you're telling me not to tell too much, yeah, I'll tell the rest of that as we get into it. But having the conversation with this guy, I actually recommended that he not do marketing yet. And that is what prompted this blog post. Probably blew his mind that you said that. It did. He was very grateful for it. And he did take my advice. And we'll talk about that as we go. So one of the things that we find, and this isn't just with shop owners, this is with business owners in general, is that anytime things are not going great in the business, they tend to look at marketing. They think they need more sales, that more sales will fix it. And I heard a coach say one time, he said, revenue fixes a lot of problems. And that is true. It is true. That is true. Revenue does. what your problems are. It does fix a lot of problems, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best way to fix a problem. And it doesn't mean that it fixes the root cause of the problem. It may just put a Band-Aid on top of it and make it feel like things are better when they're really not. And you would rather just rip the Band-Aid off. Let's get right down to it. Fix it. Actually, no, I would argue with you on that one. I would say that in my nature, I'm the person that I'm like, let's just get more revenue and fix it rather than going after the problem. Whereas you and JR are the ones that like to dig down and find the root cause of the problem and fix it. And it's always better when that happens because then when you get that more revenue, it impacts your bottom line even more. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm just thinking of phrases that we say all the time and you very often say, just rip the Band-Aid off. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I just need somebody to remind me that there's a Band-Aid that needs to be ripped off. But the real thing is get your foundations right. First things first. Let's fix the problems before we... Well, so case in point, you know, we're in Louisiana where it floods a lot. And if you have little cracks and crevices in the walls, you don't fix those cracks and crevices and then you start flooding water in. Mm -hmm. Just opens it up bigger, 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 makes it worse. Yeah. So the title of this podcast is going to be how to know when you are not ready for marketing. And we're going to give you four things that if these things are not right, don't worry about marketing yet. Fix these things first before you start marketing. What's the first one? 
All right. Number one is your comeback rate is too high. In other words, you're not actually fixing the cars with a high level of precision and expertise. Yeah. And before you know it, now you've got bad reviews, bad talk out there. Yeah. And more marketing is just going to highlight those bad reviews. You're going to drive more traffic to them being seen. So you definitely need to reduce that comeback rate. And the biggest issue with it, I mean, obviously, okay, this isn't the biggest issue. The biggest issue is you're not fixing the cars. The problem that you're going to have on your end, if you were okay running a shop that didn't do a great job of fixing cars, and I I don't know anybody who would be okay with that. That's not a top tier shop. Let's just say that you were okay with that. You still can't make money that way because you don't make money on single visit clients. And on top of that, marketing is expensive. Customer acquisition is expensive. There is a cost to get every single client in the door. And on the lowest end, you're standing in the grocery store and you're having a conversation with somebody that needs auto repair and you tell them about your shop. Well, it's costing you your time. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a cost and, you know, that would be the least. But when you start doing Google AdWords and SEO and all of these things and you start taking your total cost of marketing and you divide that by the number of new clients that you have within a month. And that's what your customer acquisition cost was in that month. And it's not cheap to bring in a new client. So very often you don't even make money. You don't make profit on the first visit because the people haven't had the opportunity to get to, mm-hmm. what do we always say? No, like, and trust. They brought their car in and they let you do that oil change. They let you do their brakes, but you gave them a $4,000 estimate for all the other things that need to be done. And a lot of times people are like, well, let me fill out this first visit first before I approve the work. So you've got to create raving fans out of your clients. You have to create lifetime clients, but you don't do that if you're not fixing the cars. And there's so much more that goes into that, you know, but at the very base level, it's fixing the car. So if you're having problems fixing the cars, invest in training, not marketing. Get that part right first. Some comebacks are going to happen. We're not saying that you're not going to have them, but you know the feeling. If you have too many, we went through earlier this year a major growth spurt, and we wanted to make sure that we had all of our systems in place, all of our processes, our team was on board. They were ready for new customers to come in so that and that's what we're talking about here is mm-hmm. you, you have to get your house in order before you start bringing more people over. Yeah. And look, comebacks happening. You should be tracking your comebacks and you should know what your percentage is of comebacks. And 3% rate seems to be like acceptable to 3% of comebacks. But you start getting above 5% and you need to look at fixing those problems. I mean, if you've got a 10% comeback rate, you've got a problem. You've got to fix that before you start trying to build the business in other ways. And don't forget about that percentage rate, right? If you have a coach, talk to your coach, find out what, I'm sure that's where you're getting that number. It's kind of maybe an average of what coaches are recommending. There's going to be comebacks, but don't forget that it's a percentage. So if you have 30 cars a week and then you work up to 60 cars a week, well, just by the pure math of it, and I'm no mathematician, you're going to have more comebacks. So don't get wrapped up in the number of them. Remember, it's a percentage. And as you grow, you're going to have, just naturally, you're going to have more of those comebacks. Yeah. And, and what Kim is saying, oh my gosh, it's so important because look, in our business, we are not perfect. We have comebacks. The marketing world, we just had one the other day where we had a Google ad set that ran for a couple of months with too large of a geographic area targeted. And I ended up giving that client their ad budget that they spent back and their ads were still working during that time. It was producing new business for them, but a large amount of their ad budget went to people who could, it wouldn't make sense for it to be their client. So we we have comebacks. And that's a discussion that I had with the team because 
been a couple of months ago, we had like three things going on at once. And it was like, oh my gosh, the world is falling apart. But the reality of it is, is that we've grown. We have a lot of clients now. Yeah. Where one and, day three was a huge number of mistakes. Yeah. You know, we don't want them, but they happen. We're human. Yeah. So, you know, but make, make like, sure that you are tracking that because as the owner of the business, especially as you grow and as the shop, you know, has more volume then you will feel like the world is just crashing down. But the reality of it is, is if you're in that 3%, no, we don't just accept that. We always want to learn from it, but you're not perfect. No human being is perfect and there will be comebacks. And obviously there's a lot to be said about how you handle those comebacks. Exactly, that that's means what I was going to say. everything. Yeah, because those customers are going to go write reviews. They're going to talk to their friends. They're going to have conversations. And so if you handled it appropriately, they're probably going to include that. If you didn't handle it appropriately, they're going to include that. So yeah, clean up those comebacks. I want to thank our friends at RepairPal for making this episode possible. They're on a mission to put trust back in auto repair. You're an honest shop that delivers high-quality work and great service, right? Well, millions of consumers looking for mid- to major mechanical repair look for shops like yours in the RepairPal Trusted Network. Contact them to get certified today and receive one-month free service at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. Being in the RepairPal Certified Network helped us grow our shop's business, and it can help yours too with new customers and a higher ARO. Plus, you don't have to worry anymore about arguing with customers over price because shops in the RepairPal Certified Network are trusted by consumers for being fair-priced. Not low-priced, fair-priced. You have to be in it to win it. So head over to RepairPal.com forward slash shops to learn more and set up a call. When you sign up, you'll get one month of service free and save $150 off certification. All right, number two, your service advisors have poor phone skills, and we talk about this on here all the time. Yeah, we'll have to reference, put a link in the show notes to the other episode that we did. Gosh, back like, we recorded that back like in April. I think it came out maybe in May or so, and it was with Cecil Bullard. We were recording at his office in Utah. So I will put that link to that in the show notes Mm -hmm. to that episode with Cecil. And we're talking specifically about phone skills. But if your service advisors don't have great phone skills, invest in training for them before you start investing more money in marketing. Let's let's rewind a little bit Mm -hmm. because we just told them if your service advisor has bad phone skills, well, you have to first know that they have bad phone skills. So if you are not like, for example, us. We record those phone calls and we listen for quality that we're targeting the right people. Well, before you are doing marketing, you might not be recording your calls. So how would a shop owner even know? Yeah, because sometimes your service advisors are on their best behavior when you're standing around. Correct. But they're not when you aren't. And sometimes you as a shop owner don't even know what good phone skills are. If you haven't had training yourself then you may think that your advisors are great on the phone, but you don't even catch that. They're not asking for the the appointment and, you know, things like that. So if you have never had phone skills training, then you should be doing that also so that you can hold your people accountable. You need to get them the training, but you need to know what to look for because they'll go get the training, come back and do great for a month. We hear about that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff all the time. They do great for a month and then they slip back into their, their old ways. But Well, and when you don't know what you don't know, right, you need to know what you should be looking for. And you have customers that you have known for years and years, and you have customers that you trust and you have a relationship with. I mean, I feel like if it were me, I'd be reaching out to some of them and saying, 
hey, how'd your phone call go? Did you experience this? Did you experience that? So that's one way, yeah. right? Yeah, and I just looked and that was episode number 45. So you can go to shopmarketingpros.com forward slash 45, like four or five, and you can get to that episode. And Cecil talks in that episode a lot about what to look for when it comes to phone skills. So yeah, if the phone skills are not where they need to be, then definitely do that before you start investing more money in marketing. Yeah, we, because, don't, we don't want to make the phone ring more. Yeah, and this is one of those where it's like, okay, marketing can help because your service advisors are, they're obviously performing somewhat, but if they're performing at 30% of what they could be, then that means you're spending three times of the marketing dollars thing you would need to, to capture the same amount of people. But I also can't help but think that if you don't fix the phone skills and you just have more phone calls, right? Because you think, well, the more times I throw the ball... Yeah. Then there's more chances of me, whether it's a basketball or football, more chances that you're going to be successful. Well, the thing is, I can't help but think of what that's going to do to your service advisor, who is just probably failing more, right? Not converting more. Yeah. So there is a big handoff between marketing and sales. And before we increase that call volume, we really want to make sure that service advisor is doing the right thing on the phone. All right. So number three is going to be if you have a low average repair order, your ARO. And that is a term. ARO is a term that's used in this industry so much. I do want to define it just in case someone's listening who doesn't know, because look, well, I'll tell you, before I ever got any shop management training, I never looked at average repair order. I didn't know didn't that was a thing. Numbers. Yeah, we, did, we <laughs> just didn't. We fixed the cars and hoped that we had a profit at the yeah. end of the month. But your average repair order is going to be the total number of cars that you worked on, or I'm sorry, it's going to be your total gross sales for the month or the year or the week, if you want to look at it like that. But total gross sales over a period of time divided by the number of cars that you worked on in that same period of time. And the industry as a whole, it seems that most coaches are looking for like a $700. And that's for a general repair repair shop. Your specialty shops are going to have a higher ARO than that. Yeah, they can get quite high on the specialty side. So, okay, going back to that phone call that I got when I was sitting in doing doing sales for JR. I'm talking to this guy, super, super nice guy. Like I said, he, I think he ran a good shop and he never got any coaching or anything. And as I'm talking to him, he's telling me that they're seeing about 60 to 65 cars per week at a $300 average repair order. Wow. And I'm like, man. Some worn out text too. It's like you don't need marketing. You have enough cars. You need coaching. You need to get that average repair order up. Yeah. Need to optimize what you have. Yeah. And he did. He has started working with a coach and is starting to see some results from that. And once they get that where it needs to be, then it's time to start doing the marketing. Yeah. But I mean, you want your average repair order to be at least that $700 mark. Well, I can't um, help but think that when you have so many cars, a low ARO like that, your techs are just churning and burning, right? They're just working through, moving from one car to the next. I feel like that's a lot more opportunity for mistakes to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also a self-fulfilling prophecy because the service advisor is also overworked and that mm-hmm. person doesn't have time to build the estimates yep. and sell the work. If I found myself in that situation and actually he had one service advisor and I did not give him this advice because I'm not a coach. He had not given me that permission basically to coach him. So I recommended him to a coach. And I'm sure he was probably given this advice. But if I'm doing 60, 65 cars a week, I think he had five technicians, one service advisor. First thing I got to do is add another service advisor Mm -hmm. because I can't get one service advisor who is supporting five technicians. 
I can't fix the problem like that because they don't have the time to write the estimates. The way that you make your average repair order what it needs to be is you follow the 300% rule. And that is that 100% of cars get inspected, 100% of what's found during the inspection gets quoted, and 100% of those quotes get presented to the clients. Mm -hmm. And a service advisor, one advisor with five technicians, he can't do that. Mm -hmm. Like the time is not there. So it goes to what you're saying. Back when we were getting coaching, they always talked about the shop owner that's running around with his hair on fire. Mm-hmm. Well, that's your service advisor's running around with their hair yeah. on fire in a situation yeah. like that. Yeah. You need them to build that rapport with the customer and that's not going to happen. Yeah. Like that. So, all right. All right. Number four is you have low or no profits. And that's not uncommon, unfortunately. Yeah. They say that the industry is as a whole, and this is not going to be those top tier shops. Most of the people that listen to this podcast, for example, they're involved in the industry. Mm-hmm. They tend to rub shoulders with the good owners once who are running their shop like a business. And those people are not perfect either. But, but still, they're trying. They're, they're looking for what they can be improving on. Yeah. We have guesses that maybe 20% at most of the industry is involved at that level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they know other shop owners and they run their shop like a real business and that the rest of them are just kind of out there just living on an island doing their thing. And those are the ones that they say the industry as a whole makes about a 5% net profit, which is that's terrible. You can't live on that. No. Like everybody gets wrapped up in revenue, but I always like to remind people that a shop doing 300000 in revenue at 20% is making more than a shop doing a million in revenue at 5%. So you need to get your net profit where it needs to be before you start bringing in more cars. Right. So, you know, build that foundation. And it sounds like I'm telling people don't market. And I guess in this case, I'm saying if you have these problems, don't do marketing. Well, yet. you told that guy. But don't. I mean, you're not ready. It's not time yet, but it's the right thing to do. Yeah. We're passionate about marketing. We love marketing. We see what marketing can do for a business. We've seen it in our own business. We've seen it in all of our clients' businesses. So we are absolutely passionate about marketing and we want you to do marketing, but we want you to have an amazing experience when you start doing marketing. We want you to see the return on every dollar that you're spending and not be just wasting money because you have other issues in your business. I do think we should clarify, though, a little bit. So on one hand, you've probably heard us talk about marketing and we say, stop stopping. And on this hand, we're saying, don't invest more. Right. I think we would never say, stop the presses, stop what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing, but fix these four things before you add on before you hire some agency or you hire someone to come in internally to rev up that marketing engine and and add more. That's what we're saying. Yeah, that's a great point because if you already have holes in your business and then all of a sudden you you, you cut off your flow of the clients that you are currently getting, then that can be disastrous. For sure. So yeah. All right. Well any the thing other? is, we just want your marketing to work when you start doing it and when people start calling and when they start coming in and they start getting serviced by you. We want to make sure that you are getting the best bang for your buck. Yeah, and we definitely want them, if they're working with us, to have that amazing experience because Absolutely. we've taken on those clients before where, you know, we think that they're a great fit, but we never truly know until we get into working with them. It's usually, sometimes we know in that first month, like, oh, this, this shop is a hot mess. Well, um, I mean, we do a lot of what we teach shop owners to do, a lot of qualifying. We spend a lot of time making sure that we're 
bringing on the right clients that our team is going to love working with and that we really think that we can provide a return for. And so there's a lot of questions up front in the beginning, but sometimes. Yeah, we still, you know, we work with that owner that we get three months in and they're like, hey, this isn't working. It's like, what do you mean it's not working? We're looking at the numbers. It's working. Mm -hmm. And then you find out things like they're not turning these people into clients because we can only we can only send the leads. We're not there writing service for you. We're not there answering the phone and replying to emails and creating those raving fans. So that's the stuff that you have to do on your end. And these are all things that can take great marketing and make it look like or feel like it's not working. And in fact, it might actually cause you to be less profitable because you're spending money on marketing that's just not turning into clients because of one of these things that we talked about. Yeah. So, hey, friends, here's the thing. This topic came up from a sales call where Brian was listening and heard them. And we will continue to come up with podcast topics like that. But a lot of times our podcast episodes come from you asking us questions, which we love. So we want you to shoot us an email at podcast at shopmarketingpros.com or even ask at shopmarketingpros.com. Tell us what's on your mind. When this podcast comes out, it will be mid-December, I'm thinking early December maybe. So you may be thinking about 2024, the next year, what's coming up. So let us know what your questions are and we will very likely either write a blog or record a podcast or create a class in our Facebook group, which if you're not in there, we invite you. We just reached over a thousand members in that group. It's going really awesome. We love the conversations that are happening in there, all marketing, all shop owners. So head over to Facebook and do a search for Auto Repair Marketing Mastermind. Send us an email, ask or podcast at shopmarketingpros.com and we will very likely answer it for you in one of our upcoming episodes. All right. So we are just one of many different podcasts on the Aftermarket Radio Network, which is growing and which I probably shouldn't even mention that because I don't think Carm has mentioned it yet. So Carm, you can just cut that right out of here if I wasn't supposed to say it, but the Aftermarket Radio Network is growing. I'm going to keep my mouth shut otherwise, but you can find out the details about all of the podcasts at aftermarketradionetwork.com. You really should listen into them because they are some great podcasts with great hosts and the information can change your business and your life. Thank you again to RepairPal for sponsoring this episode. We hope you'll listen in again next week. And until then, go fill those bays. You've been listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening app. Find their emails in the show notes and visit them at shopmarketingpros.com. Let Kim and Brian know what you want discussed because they're all about advancing the aftermarket.